All right, here we are, 305 days until you, we, the American people, we get the final say. And hopefully uh, on election night or early the next morning, you will hear the words we can now project. Donald J. Trump has been reelected the 45th president of the United States. Uh, Anyway, happy Friday. Hope you all had a great New Year, Christmas. Yeah, I know I was supposed to be off today. Uh, Many thanks to Rose Tennant. I I couldn't take it. My honest thing, I'm I'm yelling and literally going nuts at home. It is amazing, but yet so predictable. I ended up, I was working the phones as I started to get when something was going down. So, yeah, we do our job. We source, we double source. I made all my calls. I talked to everybody and uh, a, a story begins to emerge. Nobody in the mob, in the media bothered to really dig down deep into what this is all about. You know, you, you had people literally out there i mean you, you got you know joy reads this is trump's benghazi no or senator chris murphy uh you're impotent and the only thing you can do is nothing and have our personnel hiding in safe rooms and then the president acts and takes out soleimani and you know we're getting lectures from the benghazi democrats we are getting lectured by the mullah bribing appeasement Democrats. And I'm sitting here. I can't take it anymore because th- this is so deep and so profound and so vitally important for the safety and security of uh, the United States. Our interest in the region, our personnel, American citizens in the region You would think that, you know, maybe for just five seconds, the Democrats could say, good job, Mr. President. You took out the leader of the Cuds forces, the guy responsible for more terror, more death, more misery, more mayhem, more proxy wars uh, than any other single one individual in the entire Middle East. But they couldn't find it within themselves to do that. What have I said? I even said it on Calling into Jason Chaffetz was hosting Hannity last night. I said, look, I, I guarantee you they're going to, you know, the, the predictable mob in the media and the Democrats, they would impeach Donald Trump if he cured cancer. He kills one of uh, the biggest terrorist in the Middle East, a guy responsible for the deaths of hundreds of Americans inside of Iraq. The guy that is responsible for all of the proxy wars that Iran is involved in, including supporting Yemen in their battle against Saudi Arabia, including funding from the get go Hezbollah, uh, which obviously one of the most well-known terror organizations in the world. They couldn't find it within themselves to say one good thing. And we're already getting the wag the dog you know, conspiracy theories uh, started by Congresswoman Omar. I really can't stand the, the very same people that sat back and watched Biden and Obama drop a hundred and fifty billion, not million, billion dollars and other currency on a tarmac in Iran. 
for the mullahs of Iran. Yeah, the same ones that chant death to America, death to Israel, that burn the American flag, that burn the Israeli flag, and they drop $150 billion. Now, these are the guys that have been fomenting terror. These are the guys fighting the proxy wars. And these are the guys led by Soleimani killing Americans in the region. We all watched in horror, were witnessing what was going on as our embassy in Baghdad was being attacked by these protesters. I mean, you would think that that not allowing another Benghazi would be a great thing. Apparently not. We're going to talk to one of the members of the Benghazi. Remember the guys that were the Mark Geis was one of the Americans told to stand down and him and Tonto Peranto and everybody else. They said, you know what? The hell with you. Our Americans are, are going to die if we don't do something. Ended up saving. We lost four people, Ambassador Stevens, et cetera. But we ended up saving dozens of American lives because they were willing to put it all on the line on September 11, 2012. And, and they save lives. That's what you're supposed to do when American lives abroad, American interests abroad are being threatened. And it was, you know, remember, it was reported on the 27th uh, of this past year. Remember the attack, a rocket attack, northern Iraq, killing an American contractor. Well, in that same attack, I know it didn't get a lot of headlines. It deserved more. But there were many uh, of our military personnel that were wounded in that attack. Had one civilian contractor killed, several U.S. service members and Iraqi personnel wounded. And this was a rocket attack on an Iraqi military base in Kirkuk. Now, a lot of you are saying to yourselves, "Uh oh, what are, what are the mullahs going to do? And I'm listening to all these idiots and they are the dumbest people. I'm sitting there at times. I'm literally wondering, wow, who are you cheering for here? Um, because it's like. Uh, their, their commentary is so extreme. It is so radicalized that the 2020 candidate, same thing, that it literally scares me how dumb and dangerous they are. And what are we supposed to do? These are the same people that didn't rescue our Americans in Benghazi. The same people that believe bribing mullahs in Iran that chant death to us and burn our flag and threaten us that we're not allowed to respond. We're not supposed to respond. This is a, by the way, it's, it's a terrorist organization. The, the Quds forces, this is their, the Iranian elite military forces. And what the president did in the time that he did it is remarkable. Now, just some news. The U S is sending 3000 more troops to the middle East. The president is not, he's been very clear and I agree with him. We cannot get involved in long, protracted conflicts anymore, anywhere, especially in the Middle East. How many times have I said from a geopolitical standpoint, the fact that America now is the number one producer of oil because the president sees the value in the resources that Democrats would never allow us to use. But that makes the Straits of Hormuz less strategic geopolitical strategy it's the least important than it's ever been to the United States. What does that mean? 
That means they don't have the leverage they once had on the world and the world's economy. Now, if you go back, the media was saying, "Uh uh-oh, Donald Trump is going to start a war after they shot down our drone. President said, better not cross this line. President, they thought after the attack on the Saudi oil fields, what's Donald Trump going to do? Then we had the tankers, not our tankers, and we had tankers being held hostage. President held his fire. Now the president acted because American lives and interests, it was a clear and present danger. And this is what a president is elected to do, to protect Americans and American interests, both here and abroad. And it couldn't be any more clear that American lives were at stake. Um, I, I, it, I, it is so frust- it, it's so frustrating. But this is the battle we now have for the next 305 days. So the president's deploying thousands of extra troops. Now, you're saying, well, does that mean we're going to get into a ground conflict? We can never, ever allow what has happened in both Vietnam and then later Iraq to ever happen again. Because the swamp in Washington, they're all get up and go and then they want to fight wars. And then in a very short period of time, they politicize the wars and then they kind of say, never mind. And after losing 58,000, you know, American soldiers in Vietnam, that is our national treasure. After losing nearly 5,000 in Iraq and Afghanistan and so many others permanently injured, many losing limbs and disfigured. And, you know, and then what happens? Washington politicizes it. What have I been saying on this program? America's foreign policy future needs to now evolve that we never, ever send American men and women to go door to door like we did in Iraq. Now, I supported that conflict, but clearly Washington goes wishy-washy. You know, but what did Donald Trump do? He said, we got to get out of these conflicts. So what happens? He becomes president. How did Donald Trump defeat and push back the caliphate in Syria? Well, the first thing he did was he took the rules of engagement from the Obama-Biden era, which said you can't fire in a war unless you're fired upon. Well, that's really dumb because now you're putting our troops that you sent to go fight, you're putting handcuffs on them. So what did the president do? The president got rid of those rules. And the president systematically bombed the living crap out of every city, every town, every location where Syria uh, was taken over by ISIS, by the way, with support from the Quds and, and Soleimani. And then he defeated the caliphate in Syria. Well, wow, that that would be a new paradigm, a new model, something we can duplicate. For example, if if America now gets down to the very important geopolitical safety security issue of defending America, defending Americans and defending our interests both here and abroad, then that would mean if we're really smart and we don't want our kids going door to door again, we must develop and it'll cost a lot of money, the next generation of weaponry. And that would be both offensive and defensive so that when we fight future conflicts, 
that we can fight them in an air conditioned room in, say, Nevada, where this might have where this where all of this might have been launched from or Tampa, Florida. And if we're helping other countries like Iraq, they can send their national treasure door to door and give us the intelligence and we'll offer them the firepower if it is in the interest of the United States. It's that simple. And when you fight a war, you got to fight it to win it. Now, some are saying, well, what? The, 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 the Rohani, the president is saying we're going to retaliate. Okay, there's always a chance that I guess Iran is that dumb and maybe didn't get the message when the number one leader of their elite military was just taken out like, you know, like just by pushing a button for most part. So what if they do try to retaliate? Well, if you want to, one of the reasons I think Iran is doing all this is because Donald Trump's sanctions has crippled their economy. So they want to respond. They try to respond. They try to retaliate. Well, what's the first thing I think I'd be looking at if I'm an American president? There are three main refineries inside of Iran. Now, I'm pretty convinced. I don't know for sure. I don't have access to all the information the president has. I don't have access to all of our capabilities, but I am impressed by what we're capable of doing. And I have faith that if we targeted those three main refineries inside of Iran, their economy would go belly up. And what would happen? Then the people of Iran that have been protesting, although there's not a lot of news reporting on it, then they might have a chance to overthrow the mullahs that have been terrorizing even their own people. All right, when we come back, I got a lot to get to. We're also loaded up. Uh, we've got Kevin McCarthy. The president is expected to speak later uh, sometime this afternoon. Lindsey Graham will join us. Colonel North joins us today. One of the heroes of Benghazi as our special coverage continues. Straight ahead. All right, so the president just spoke. I, I want to play it in full in its context, and uh, I don't have enough time leading into the bottom of the hour news, so we'll play it after that news break coming up. Um, so the update is the president now has deployed the extra troops that it'll be necessary and needed. Uh, I've been told by sources our military is on high alert and that in if there is retaliation, this is what I've been told, all options are on the table. Now, one of the things I tweeted out today was, you know, you always watch these gutless these cowards like President Rouhani, they never, you know, the ones that always encourage the terrorism, the ones that are always saying, yeah, you know, you'll be rewarded in heaven with this or that. Um, if he's so brave, maybe he should show solidarity and he can go to one of these three major refineries in Iran and taunt Trump from there because he was saying just last week that Trump can't do anything. Well, he did. Just like Soleimani had taunted Trump previously as well. And the media, they were saying he was impotent and that our personnel had to hide in safe rooms. We'll get to their corruption, their insanity, much more straight ahead. Special edition. Glad you're with us. Sean Hannity Show. Happy New Year. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Happy New Year, by the way, to uh, all. 
You know, when an embassy is attacked, are you not uh, one uh, that is our fellow Americans? If you can't unite behind that, when are we ever going to unite? I watch, and I'm going to play the president in a minute, his comments in full. There's a Washington Examiner story that not only had this Iranian elite general, this is their elite force, the Quds forces, Soleimani. This guy's led a terror campaign. I'll go through all the details in a minute. Not only has he done that, that has resulted in the deaths of hundreds of American soldiers during the Iraq war. Turns out he was on the verge of launching a new wave of attacks. According to the Washington Examiner, U.S. Special Representative for Iran, a guy by the name of Brian Hook, said late last night that the U.S. moved forward with the targeted drone strike. And, and I think Pompeo, he'll join me on TV tonight, was inferring this in his comments on the Iranian Quds forces because, quote, very solid intelligence that he was planning to kill American diplomats and soldiers. Our intelligence community over the last many days has been receiving very solid intelligence that Soleimani was planning attacks against American diplomats and American soldiers that could have resulted in the deaths of hundreds of Americans, he said on the BBC. So our action was taken to prevent the imminent loss of life. When I called into Hannity last night, I had been working the phones and I talked to people, my sources in the State Department, the Defense Department and elsewhere. And they all confirmed that there was real intelligence, significant, real, clear, present danger to Americans and our interests abroad. Now, and anybody in the media mob ever ask themselves the most basic and fundamental question what is the head of the Iranian Quds forces doing uh, at Baghdad airport? That would be Iraq. Iran and Iraq usually didn't like each other too much. What was he planning? What was he there for? What was he really involved in? Uh, it's probably something we may never know the, the full answer to that. But what remember, it was Hezbollah, Iranian funded terrorists that were responsible for the attack by these protesters against our embassy. And thank God we had a president and a military that acted that decisively and that quickly and then acted on the intelligence. This was a combination of, remember, I kept saying the 99% of brave intelligence people that work and protect us every day, not the 1% involved with abusing the, the powerful tools that we give them and turning the tools of intelligence against the American people. This is the 99 plus percent that I've been talking about. We have the premier intelligence community in the world. Nobody matches us. And just like we have the premier law enforcement agency, Director Ray, you need to clean it up because the 99 percent that risk their lives for us every day, they deserve better than a tarnished reputation by a few that abused their power. But we'll leave that for another day. Anyway, so you look at this guy, Soleimani. The world is safer today. He is a ruthless, evil, terrorist criminal. He's been brought to justice. Evil personified. American blood on the guy's hands. 
as the head of their elite military force, their Quds force. There was no there was not one other person responsible for the death of our American treasure and civilian deaths in the Middle East than this guy. This is the guy that led Hezbollah. They funded Hezbollah that. Yeah, the very same one. They chant death to America, death to Israel. And thankfully, our great intelligence community and our great military, the best in the world, the greatest fighting force ever created by mankind, they, with with just pinpoint perfection and accuracy, they got this one guy. You would think people would celebrate, but no. President took the decisive action. He was right. Why was uh, Soleimani even in Iraq? Well, if you look at it um, and you look at his history, it was obvious they were orchestrating all of these attacks against our embassy. Is it really that hard? You know, we keep hearing one plus one equals two. You know, this is the guy responsible for over 600 deaths of American soldiers in Iraq orchestrating attacks on coalition bases all over Iraq and beyond. This guy helped plan the Benghazi attack that killed four Americans. Soleimani's been fueling proxy conflicts and a reign of terror against the U.S. and their allies now for, you know, decades. And, of course, he's leading this. They're directing Assad's genocide in Syria. Don't forget that. They supported Assad in Syria. And in the 80s, he he backed the militias that eventually took over Lebanon known as Hezbollah, party of God, kill Americans, kill Israelis. And, you know, he was the point man for the largest. Look, Iran is the number one state sponsor of terror in the world. They they cause more misery, death, murder, mayhem than any other country on the face of the earth. There's only one reason. Five years ago, it was unimaginable that what has now taken place in the Middle East is actually a reality. It's happening. And that is, did you ever think in our lifetime you would see the United States, Israel in complete alliance with the Emirates, the Saudis, the Jordanians and the Egyptians? Why is that? Because they recognize the existential threat posed by a nuclear armed Iran or the threat of Iranian hegemony. So if Iran gets control of Iraq and Iran already has pretty much control of Syria with Assad, because without Iran, Assad doesn't survive. And then you look at their history. And then I thought Secretary of State Pompeo explained it well. He was planning more terror attacks on U.S. troops. Our intelligence this time, it was pinpoint accurate. It's amazing they identified this guy at this Baghdad airport. You know, it's a message from the president couldn't be more clear. There's not going to be a Benghazi on his watch. We're not going to sit and watch and tell uh, uh, American soldiers and heroes one mile away to stand down four times and force them to disobey orders and blow up their careers to go save American lives, which they did. Dozens of them. And one of those heroes will join us later in the show with Colonel North. By the way, Lindsey Graham today will join us and Kevin McCarthy will join us. But I told, remember, I, I said this and I remember it, was, it got a lot of press because I directed, I, I went right after the mullahs in Iran. This was after they seized that British tanker. And I said to them, 
I know Donald Trump pretty well. I've known him about 25 years. You keep pushing his buttons, he will act. And when he does, it'll be quickly, it'll be decisively, and it'll be on his terms. People thought it would happen after the Saudi oil strike. People thought it would happen after they took down a drone. People thought it might happen after Iran seized the British tanker. No, the president showed enormous patience. Not the warmonger that many claim that he is. And again, you get to the issue of, well, retaliation. What were we supposed to do? Our intelligence was perfect. Our military had him right in the crosshairs. What, we're supposed to wait and, and, and let's see if he starts leading the next wave of attacks against our embassy, putting our American family at risk and putting our interests in the region at risk? No, that would be something that is called dumb. And maybe the Benghazi Democrats and the Mullah bribing appeasement Democrats, maybe that's their strategy. Um, how did the $150 billion in cash and other currency work out for Obama and Biden? Because the Iranians did nothing except keep building out their nuclear ambitions, keep fomenting terrorism, funding terrorism, and fighting proxy wars. So this is how sick anti-Trump derangement syndrome is. You got Alec Baldwin, Deborah Messing, Michael Moore leading the, the Hollywood left, rushing to social media with their conspiracy theories and their rage after the <clears throat> strike against uh, Soleimani that, you know, Trump is a war criminal. People are going to die. Yeah, he's dead. Actress. Rosanna Arquette, genius that she is. He's put us in a war to stop from being impeached. Hitler did the same thing. Um, start a war to eclipse impeachment. That's that's Alec Baldwin. This is what Putin wants. Another Hollywood. Michael Moore. You know what this? You, do you know this man? Do you know how he was your enemy? By the end of today, you will be trained to hate him. That's how sick it got. I actually have one Hollywood actress. What's her name? Rose McGowan tweeting an apology to Iran for killing Soleimani. You know, saying the U.S. is held hostage by a terrorist regime. Has anyone thought of the fact that the reason Iran has all this money to commit these terrorist acts and foment terror and fight proxy wars? Because Biden and Obama gave him 150 billion. In the dumbest deal ever. Now we got Joe Biden. Oh, we just tossed a stick of dynamite into a tinderbox. Yeah. Uh, okay. You caused a lot of their their wealth that allowed the funding of this garbage that they've been involved. Omar threatening to step in and stop Trump, you know, spreading her conspiracy theories. Elizabeth Warren. Sol this is, I love this one. Soleimani was a murderer responsible for the deaths of thousands, including hundreds of Americans. But this reckless move escalates the situation with Iraq and increases the 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 our Mideast, the new Mideast conflict. What did you want to let him go? You're going to let the number one terror leader for the Iranians go when he's in Iraq, clearly to foment trouble with Iran. Then you got the dumbest guy of all. This congressman from uh, what's the I guess from Connecticut, Chris Murphy, you know, after last week he tweets out, I, I, you can't even make this up because they're so stupid. But last week, this guy tweets out 
the attack on our embassy is horrifying but predictable. Trump has rendered America impotent in the Middle East. No one fears us. No one listens to us. America's been reduced to huddling in safe rooms, hoping the bad guys will go away. What a disgrace. So the president takes out Soleimani. What does he do? Then he tweets out, well, Soleimani was an enemy of the United States. That's not a question. The question is, as reports suggest, did America just assassinate without any congressional authorization? The second most powerful person in Iran knowingly setting off a potential massive regional war. I'm like, okay, wow. It's almost like Baghdad Bob, the entire mob in the media and the Democratic Party. All right, the president just spoke. Let's go to his comments. President Trump is speaking now. Let's listen. Executed a flawless precision strike that killed the number one terrorist anywhere in the world, Qasem Soleimani. Soleimani was plotting imminent and sinister attacks on American diplomats and military personnel, but we caught him in the act and terminated him. Under my leadership, America's policy is unambiguous to terrorists who harm or intend to harm any American. We will find you. We will eliminate you. We will always protect our diplomats, service members, all Americans and our allies. For years, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and its ruthless Quds Force under Soleimani's leadership has targeted, injured and murdered hundreds of American civilians and servicemen. The recent attacks on U.S. targets in Iraq, including rocket strikes that killed an American and injured four American servicemen very badly, as well as a violent assault on our embassy in Baghdad, were carried out at the direction of Soleimani. Soleimani made the death of innocent people his sick passion, contributing to terrorist plots as far away as New Delhi and London. Today, we remember and honor the victims of Soleimani's many atrocities, and we take comfort in knowing that his reign of terror as the Middle East for the last 20 years. What the United States did yesterday should have been done long ago. A lot of lives would have been saved. Just recently, Soleimani led the brutal repression of protesters in Iran, where more than a thousand innocent civilians were tortured and killed by their own government. We took action last night to stop a war. We did not take action to start a war. I have deep respect for the Iranian people. They are a remarkable people with an incredible heritage and unlimited potential. We do not seek regime change. However, the Iranian regime's aggression in the region, including the president's comments, we have Lindsey Graham, Kevin McCarthy, Ali North, and one of the Benghazi heroes. Straight ahead. Glad you're with us. All right. Thank you, Scott Shannon. Love the all new uh, open, as we always get from our great friend, the great Scott Shannon. All right. 305 days till you, we, the people get to decide. 305 days until hopefully we hear the words we can now project Donald J. Trump has been reelected the president, the 45th president of the United States. All right. Uh, We're loaded up today. I promise to run the president's comments in full 
Got about three minutes left. Let me pick it up where we left off in the last half hour. Then we'll get to Lindsey Graham, Colonel North, one of the heroes of Benghazi, Mark Geist, and later Republican leader Kevin McCarthy. But here's the president from just in the last hour. What the United States did yesterday should have been done long ago. A lot of lives would have been saved. Just recently, Soleimani led the brutal repression of protesters in Iran where more than a thousand innocent civilians were tortured and killed by their own government. We took action last night to stop a war. We did not take action to start a war. I have deep respect for the Iranian people. They are a remarkable people with an incredible heritage and unlimited potential. We do not seek regime change. However, the Iranian regime's aggression in the region, including the use of proxy fighters to destabilize its neighbors, must end and it must end now. The future belongs to the people of Iran, those who seek peaceful coexistence and cooperation, not the terrorist warlords who plunder their nation to finance bloodshed abroad. The United States has the best military by far anywhere in the world. We have the best intelligence in the world. If Americans anywhere are threatened, we have all of those targets already fully identified. And I am ready and prepared to take whatever action is necessary. And that in particular refers to Iran. Under my leadership, we have destroyed the ISIS territorial caliphate. And recently, American Special Operations Forces killed the terrorist leader known as al-Baghdadi. The world is a safer place without these monsters. America will always pursue the interests of good people, great people, great souls, while seeking peace, harmony, and friendship with all of the nations of the world. Thank you. God bless you. God bless our great military and God bless the United States of America. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. That was the president uh, finishing his remarks. We, we stopped midway. I apologize. Bad timing on my part. Uh, 800-941-SEAN, our number. Um, president's right. President recognizes Jerusalem. Every president promised it. Uh, the president does recognizes the sovereignty of Golan. The president recognizes Israel's right to its own territory. The president wipes out the caliphate by removing the handcuffs, the Obama era rules of engagement. Beat back the ISIS completely takes out Baghdadi and now takes out uh, this one leader. That is responsible for the deaths of how many Americans fomenting terror around the world, fighting proxy wars all around the world. Soleimani. Anyway, Senator Lindsey Graham is with us from the great state of South Carolina. I read your tweet last. I meant to retweet it. It was. <laughs> it, uh, didn't you mention something about refineries in Iran? Yeah, well, so let's just, you know, you gave a good overview, but. You know, By the way, this uh, is what Sulemani. you said. If Iranian aggression continues, and I worked at an Iranian oil refinery, I think I I'd, I would think about a new career. <laughs> well, so what the president's going to have to do is let Iran know that if they do more, we do more. So Soleimani basically signed his own death warrant. 
this was not a revenge attack. This wasn't for past atrocities. This was designed to neutralize a, a planned attack that was about to happen to go after the guy doing the planning and the author of the attack. And the reason Soleimani is dead is because he miscalculated Donald Trump. How many of your colleagues in the, on the Democratic side of the aisle, you would think that this leader of the Iranian elite Quds force, their, their elite military, why was he in a Baghdad airport? Why was he on the ground in Baghdad? <laughs> Nobody seems to want to ask that question. Well, so to my Democratic colleagues, uh, you know, when, when Obama took bin Laden out, we we're all grateful. That was a bold move. Soleimani was in the process of uh, triggering a wave of attacks against Americans. Uh, we know the intel to be solid. It was just a matter of time before he triggered this new wave of attacks. And the president, after the contractor was killed, made a decision that, you know, I'll give you a pass on the drones, uh, the oil field in Saudi Arabia, but now you're killing my people and you're coming after my people. You're going to pay a price here. And this was a major miscalculation. We got to change the ringtone. Yeah, well, sorry. A major, major, no, no, no. It's fine. So I'm, I'm listening to the Democrats and the colleagues. Now, I call them the Benghazi Democrats. Remember, right. I, I'm going to have on at the bottom of the hour, Mark Geist, Tonto, Peranto. All these guys were told right. to stand down. I interviewed them four straight times. They risked their entire career because they knew Americans were under fire right. and they weren't going to stand back. They knew we're a mile away and they're a fighting force. So they right. went in. Um, this president, I am told, had to act very quickly that the intelligence was rock solid. Now, the Washington Examiner quotes Brian Hook, who is the U.S. special representative for Iran, who said they had very solid intelligence that he was planning to kill American diplomats and soldiers and that. This intelligence was real. Yeah, this was a preemptive defensive attack against Soleimani, who had uh, he has blood on his hands all over the region and probably five or six hundred Americans killed by these cone shaped IEDs that came from Iran. So nobody's mourning his death. Any rational person is not. But to my Democratic colleagues, what did you expect the president to do? Just sit back. It wasn't just Soleimani who was killed. It was the leader of the popular uh, uh, mobilization front, the Shiite militias in Iraq. Their leader was there. They're the ones who attacked the embassy. Uh, you know, Trump killed 25 of them after we after they killed the contractor. So you had the guy on the ground leading the Shiite militias, and you had Soleimani, you know, the, the thug terrorist leader, all together at Baghdad. What the hell were they doing in Baghdad going to the airport? Is that, by the way, they've supported and propped up Assad in Syria, and we beat back right. the caliphate, the president did, uh, something that never happened. So this president isn't into the mullah bribing appeasement ideology <laughs> uh, because $150 billion in cash and other currency didn't seem to buy any goodwill of the Iranians, did it? Well, no, I think he's, he's taking on China because they cheat us like crazy when it comes to trade. He's uh, coming down hard on North Korea, but giving them a way out. He he is offering an opportunity to reengage with the Iranians, but what what do they do instead of reengage? They just try to destabilize the entire region. So when they kill the contractor, 
that was a game changer. And I, I, what, what can we learn from this? When it comes to American personnel, American citizens, and American interest, uh, you, you risk a lot if you come after us. And Donald Trump changed the equation for the entire Mideast and the world. If you kill Americans, uh, you're going to get killed. Let me let's play the game the Democrats are playing. Oh, well, what if they get mad at us and they retaliate? What I liked about your text, and I'll read it again. If Iranian aggression yeah. continues and I worked at an Iranian oil refinery, I think I'd <laughs> I'd be thinking about a new career. I actually tweeted out, well, if if Rouhani wants to sell, show solidarity and support for the um, uh, Iranian people, why, why doesn't he go visit one of the refineries? I've identified three major refineries that pretty much. Uh, is the the epicenter of their economy. Am I, you would know more about me. You have access to information I don't have, but I'm thinking we take out those three refineries, their economy collapses, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm just no, a talk show host. Right. Well, you're dead right. Uh, so those refineries are the lifeblood of the economy of Iran. So what are we trying to do here? Create deterrence. We're trying to let the Iranians know we're not being clever. We're not being too cute by half. We're not doing the Obama thing. Uh, we're trying to let them know if you want more, you're going to get more. And we're trying to up the ante. If you come after us, you come after our allies, you try to destabilize the world in the future, you try to retaliate against Israel, you try to retaliate against the United States and Iraq or other places, you may be out of the oil business. What President Trump is, is saying today in his speech, I have a lot of targets available to me. I don't want to go further, but if you take me further, you will regret it. This is a clear signal by the president to establish deterrence. If you want to be out of the oil business, test me. I would think that if those three refineries, now I don't know if there's a lot of smaller ones, but my understanding is there's three major refineries. That would be a target. And look, Prime Minister Netanyahu has been warning for years and I think one of the reasons we, we've watched the impossible emerge, which is an alliance between the U.S., Israel, the Jordanians, Egyptians, the Emirates and the Saudis against Iranian hegemony, because they realize that that would be a clear and present danger. Because when you talk about wiping a country off the face of the earth and you talk about death to Israel in America, you probably mean it. Yeah. So, I mean, so what have they done here? I mean, they've uh, given Hezbollah thousands of rockets pointed at Israel and Lebanon. They've given, uh, you know, uh, Hamas in, in Gaza, the other side of Israel's got thousands of rockets coming from Iran. They're so supporting Shiite militias in Iraq, trying to undercut the Iraqi military and the Iraqi parliament. Here's what I worry about. I worry about the Iraqi parliament being pushed by the Iranians if they go too far. I've been to Iraq and Afghanistan 57 and 58 times since 9-11. Got a lot of friends over there. Here's my message to the Iraqi political leadership. Don't hook your wagon to, to a dying economy. Don't hook your wagon to the largest state sponsor of terrorism. I know they're your neighbor, but don't do anything stupid here. Don't let the Ayatollah goat you into doing something stupid. America has been your friend. They've been your ally. We have sacrificed blood and treasure to help Iraq stabilize after Saddam Hussein. So I'm urging the Iraqi political leadership, don't let the Iranians push you around. Well, it seems to me that my conclusion would be the only reason that Soleimani was even on the ground was probably far more nefarious because Iraq and Iran have never been uh, particularly close friends or allies. Let me move on. 
let's well, talk about. You said something. Can I just mention? You're the first guy to mention that. Uh, he's on the ground to work with a Shiite militia leader, okay, in Iraq, to come after us. But he's all he's also on the ground to destabilize the parliament. They have a political campaign going on inside of Iraq to try to drive us out, and we can't let that work. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let's go to Nancy Pelosi. And, well, we've got to impeach him because it's a threat to the country. And we've got to do it fast and faster than ever. We only have one fact witness who said that Donald Trump <laughs> said, I want nothing. So um, now she's threatening not to even bring those articles to the Senate. Um, I would think under our system of justice that if you're accused of a crime, you, you have a right to a speedy trial. I would assume, especially considering it's the president of the United States, that Congress has their role. They impeached him. Now the Senate has their role to have a trial, and I don't really think the Senate needs lectures from Nancy Pelosi on how they're going to conduct their business. I would imagine that's not going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen. Mitch McConnell's not going to let it happen. So from the American people's point of view, we need to end this charade, get the trial over with so we can move on to important matters like foreign policy, prescription drugs, you name it. We need to start governing the country rather than fighting with each other all the time. So she's doing a disservice to the people. She's trying to dictate to the Senate how to run the trial. That's constitutional extortion. She's setting a precedent bed for the president presidency itself. Can you imagine if a Republican Speaker of the House pulled this done against a Democratic president? They'd be eating us I've alive. I've only got so 30 seconds. What, how should okay. the Senate Republicans deal with this? I think we should pass a resolution pretty quickly saying what she's doing is out of bounds. And if we have to down the road, if she doesn't send the articles, change the rules so we can start the trial. And that can happen. Parliament uh, parliamentarian will say you need 67 votes. The House then would vote to overrule the parliamentar- parliamentar- uh, par- parliamentarian, yeah. whatever you call this idiot. Right. But anyway, yeah. uh, Senator, you've been very generous with your time. I know you have a busy day. You're going to join us on Hannity tonight. Thank you for taking the time to yep. be with us today. Thank you. Thank Senator you. Lindsey Graham, Colonel North, Mark Geis, a hero from Benghazi, and also Kevin McCarthy, all coming up. Busy, special, breaking news edition of the Sean Hannity Show. All right, so when we come back, we're going to have Colonel Oliver North, his history with Iran. He knows this this regime better than anybody. Nobody knows it as well as he does. Mark Geis, one of the heroes of Benghazi. Um, and we're going to have time to get to your calls coming up in our news roundup hour. This decision, though, well, first, you got to understand the importance of becoming the world's number one producer of oil. It gives us a freedom we never had before. It ought to be a sign, a symbol. Don't count on the lifeblood of our economy coming from countries that we know hate our guts. That was huge. The second thing is, is the Benghazi stand down Democrats and the Mullah bribing appeasement Democrats. They failed. This president succeeded. We'll come back. We'll continue our coverage straight ahead. Just recently, Soleimani led the brutal repression of protesters in Iran where more than a thousand innocent civilians were tortured and killed by their own government. We took action last night to stop a war. We did not take action to start a war. I have deep respect for the Iranian people. They are a remarkable people with an incredible heritage and unlimited potential. We do not seek regime change. However, the Iranian regime's aggression in the region, including the use of proxy fighters, 
to destabilize its neighbors must end and it must end now. The future belongs to the people of Iran, those who seek peaceful coexistence and cooperation, not the terrorist warlords who plunder their nation to finance bloodshed abroad. The United States has the best military by far anywhere in the world. We have the best intelligence in the world. If Americans anywhere are threatened, we have all of those targets already fully identified. And I am ready and prepared to take whatever action is necessary. And that in particular refers to Iran. Uh, That's the president basically saying, go ahead, retaliate. This is what Senator Graham was just saying in the last hour. Anyway, 24 now till the top of the hour, 800-941. Sean, if you want to be a part of the program, uh, our continuing coverage. Uh, and uh, joining us now, Colonel Oliver North, best-selling author, decorated war hero, veteran, Purple Heart, actually two. Uh, and his brand new book, by the way, is amazing. It's called The Rifleman. Also, Mark Geist is with us. Remember, he was a member. He was one of the heroes in Benghazi on September 11, 2012. And he was at the CIA annex about a mile away and told to stand down numerous times before he and three others uh, risked their entire careers and their lives and then went to save Americans that were under fire and they saved American lives. Uh, very different than the Benghazi Democrats, uh, which were willing to just leave them there and do nothing. Gentlemen, uh, welcome both of you. Uh, Semper Fi, Colonel. Um, I don't think there's any one guy I know that knows more about the mullahs in Iran and this uh, this this regime than you do. Well, I got it the hard way by going there. So, Well, by the way, and when you went there, I like to remind our audience, you were given by our government a pill that would take your life if you needed to use it. Is that correct, sir? Well, the idea was not just one pill. I had enough for everybody. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. There's no bravery involved in that act. None. Well, at least we all came home. No, thank God. Thank God. Thank God, indeed. And thank God, indeed, that the good... Uh, president that we've got took the action that he did because the world without Soleimani in it is a better world. You know, let let me go because, you know, it was very interesting. I'm I'm watching. I I honestly, I I know that I say it and sometimes I can't even believe it's this bad between the mob and the media. And then, of course, the the, you know, Mullah bribing appeasement Democrats, 150 billion didn't seem to buy us much goodwill with the Mullahs, Mark Geist. But here you have a president that acted decisively and quickly because American lives were in jeopardy inside of that compound. And you got this idiot, Chris Murphy, a congressman from Connecticut, you know, literally tweeting the president last week, proclaiming, ah, the Iranians don't fear us, and we've been reduced to huddling in safe rooms. And then the president does it. Now, it's almost like he's he's rooting for failure. And then when the president gets in there and actually does the job, then he's even critical of that. Um, well, what's amazing, Sean, is that I, I was listening on the, uh, to, I must confess, to another radio station coming in. And then there is Chuck Schumer demanding an apology from the president for not briefing the Congress before they did this. I mean, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, and, well, and this guy, Chris Murphy, literally says we're impotent in the Middle East. Yeah. No one fears yeah. us. No one listens to us. We're reduced to huddling in safe rooms. Then the president takes out Soleimani, the number one leader of their elite forces responsible for killing Americans in Iraq, fomenting terror and proxy wars around the world. And Mark Geist, then he says, well, did, did America just assassinate without congressional authorization the second most powerful person in Iran? Your reaction to that? Well, you know, this is what really bothers me is that, you know, I, I say when is enough enough with our politicians, with these you know, they are going to cowtail to the mullahs. They're going to cowtail to anybody, try to buy their loyalty. And we all know, I mean, you know, I grew up rodeoing and cowboying. And the way you take care of a bully is you punch him in the nose. You don't do it by sitting there and giving him your lunch money. And when the president does it, you know, and, and they do it. And then I wonder, you know, when is enough enough with how much American blood has to be spilled by somebody before it's okay to kill him. Well, Remind killed, everybody. Thousands. There was, yeah, there no, he killed thousands, thousands of Americans who died as a consequence in both Iraq and in the region. Because Colonel the, North, why was he in Baghdad? Why was. Well, because uh, look at here's the secret. And this is very important. There's actually two Baghdad, two governments in Baghdad. There's the pro-Americans, most of whom are in the special operations side of things in the Iraqi military. And you've got people like the prime minister, who is a wholly owned subsidiary of Tehran. And he's the one who now wants them to have call a meeting of the parliament and reinvestigate whether we want the Americans to stay or not. Without the American presence training good Iraqi soldiers, there is no future for this country. It will become a suburb of Tehran. And all the, all the Iranian leadership wants a clear shot at going from the border with Iraq all the way across Iraq into Syria and then into Lebanon, because that's how they're going to expand. That's what they've been fighting for all this time. The, the, the militias that were organized to, quote, go after ISIS were actually out there trying to take over as much territory as they possibly could going through Anbar province, which happens to be largely Sunni, and, mm -hmm. and oppress the population in a way that they've got free access to literally go on the highways with large convoys of munitions into Syria, because they've got the backing of Assad, this brutal dictator in, in Damascus. Well, they're propping up Assad. Without Iran and, and Putin's support, they, there is no Assad. Exactly. And, right. and on, on top of it, militia leaders like Abu Mahdi Muhandis, who was killed in that, in that convoy, with American missiles, he was one of the leaders of the whole effort to turn all of Iraq into a suburb of the Tehran government. Let me ask you, Mark Geis, remind yes. everybody you were you were there in Benghazi when our embassy was under attack. We lost yes. four people that day, including one of the heroes of that day, Sean Smith. And I, I, I love his family. I've met his family. My heart breaks for them. But we also, uh, Ambassador Stevens, we lost. Remind people what the Benghazi Democrats, what you were being told. You knew that, that you were a mile away from that embassy. You knew Americans were under serious fire. That embassy was under attack. You guys knew exactly what was going on. Tell us, walk us through what happened and the stand-down orders. Well, we got the first... Uh 
as I was driving back with the female case officer, we got the rest of the team got the first call to uh, for help. Um, they went up to the chief of base. The chief of base said, "No, you need to wait. You need to stand down." Tonto and Tig went back up along with Roan and talked with him again, and he says, "No, you're not going to go." Well, after the third time he was said no, they came across the radio and they said, "If you don't get here now, we're all going to f and die." And that's when everyone said, "You know what? We don't care what he has to say. We're going to go anyways." And, and you and you and as a result of the action of you and and Tig and and Tonto Peranto and Sean Smith, who we lost, he was one of the last people killed in that conflict, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, as a, you were Rose able to kill fast. He what's that? It was Tyrone Woods was killed. Him and uh, um, that's it, Tyrone he, Woods. Yeah, he was killed standing next to blown up together. But but so you guys risked your entire career. You disobeyed orders, and you ended up. And please, this is important. You saved dozens of American lives. True or false? Very true. Very true. And would they have made it had had you not disobeyed orders? Would they have survived? No, uh -uh. they would. uh, They would. There would have been twenty four, twenty five American lives that would have been killed, Um, killed, taken hostage, utilized for whatever. I mean, rape, mutilated, um, no telling what would have all happened. And, you know, and for the last few days since uh, the uh, attack on the the Baghdad embassy, and cause I spent five years in Baghdad, and a year and a half of it was almost probably a good portion of that was across the street from the uh, embassy in Baghdad. And, you know, everybody says, well, this is Trump's um, Benghazi, and yeah. And there was no similarity whatsoever, other than that it was bad people trying to kill Americans. Colonel um, North, our, our U.S. Sta- a special representative to Iran, Brian Hook, gave an interview with the BBC. It was picked up by the Washington Examiner, and he said about what the president did here, he was acting on, quote, very solid intelligence that, in this particular, Soleimani was was planning to kill American diplomats and soldiers. And he said, quote, our intelligence community over the last many days has been receiving very solid intelligence that Soleimani was planning attacks against American diplomats, American soldiers that could have resulted in the deaths of hundreds of Americans. What if our president didn't take the decisive action and we find out later he was told that? Well, look, at you'd, you'd be right back to the days of Hillary Clinton. And Barack Obama. I mean, what what happens in this particular case is the intelligence was so good, they were able to launch a remotely piloted aircraft. At least most most people are now saying that. I, I do have some people have some questions about it, and I think they're going to have to provide a little bit more information to make sure that we're reassured. This was a target of opportunity. You weren't going to get that kind of chance again. He's all alone on that highway in the middle of the night, and they launch in time to get there, a remotely piloted aircraft, and we can make suppositions as to whether it was a Hellfire missile or what. But when I look at those vehicles, and Mark, you've seen a bunch of them hit by Hellfire missiles, it sure looks like Hellfire missiles to me, and it sure looks like it must have been a very high-priority target, a high-priority individual, because they're heavily armored vehicles. And you, your average guy just driving around does not get one of those kinds of things. Now, I Colonel, you know, you know, the Iranians, are they stupid enough to try and retaliate against what happened here? But, 
And if they do, I would imagine that the last place you want to be, Lindsey Graham is right when he said, if I worked at an Iranian oil refinery, I think about a new career. Well, look, first of all, they're not pumping that much oil because their infrastructure is shot to pieces. The price of oil has gone up already. It's going to, the price of gasoline is going to go up for the next few weeks. The bottom line of this is it's not a matter of smart or stupid. It's a matter of ideological complicity with all of what the Iranians have started to do ever since the Ayatollah Khomeini came back in. You know, when he came back from Paris, he started the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Soleimani started the Quds Force, which is the major component of spreading revolution around the world, if they can, anywhere there's Shiites that will back them. The Lebanese Shiite militias that you've got, I sent footage of my involvement when we got, I was there when they stopped their convoy trying, Soleimani was with them, trying to get into Mosul and up dump things that were happening the right way against ISIS. And I've got the, you got 38 seconds of footage that I just shipped up to New York for you, for your TV show tonight. Uh, It's amazing. You you know all of these characters and you know them by name for years. Uh, Mark Geis, you want to weigh in? Go ahead. Yeah, I think, you know, Colonel North is spot on. I mean, we have an opportunity to take out a bad man who's doing bad things. And the intel on that is, is spot on. And you can see, I mean, the battle damage assessment on that is it was a 10-point strike, so it had to be probably, I mean, probably 98% sure it was a Hellfire missile. And In the 30 seconds we have left, explain a Hellfire. An air-launched, um, air-launched munition. It's, it's on helicopters. It's on some slow... Apaches. Apaches, yes. And it's on all kinds of different, as we the proper word, remotely piloted aircraft, Right. So-called yes. drones by our colleagues. Uh, I, I got to tell you, thank God this country has the greatest intelligence in, on the face of the earth. And we've got brave people like Colonel North and Mark Geist and the people that our military that was able to pull this off. An amazing feat. The world is safer. And um, I thank you both for joining us today. God bless Safe you, home. buddy. Happy New Year. Hey, See you. Safe God home. Bless, Sean. Seven right. five. All right, news roundup information overload hour. Yes, we are back. Yes. Well, I wasn't planning on being back. I just couldn't take it anymore. I'm just being honest. I, I could not take it anymore. All right, just seconds ago, the president now speaking to a group of evangelicals in Miami. This is now a second comments uh, about the killing of Soleimani. And here's what he just said as he addressed this group. Thank you very much. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Most powerful people in the world. My book. But thank you, Paula, the beautiful prayer. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for this incredible crowd. There are thousands of people outside trying to get in. And if you're truly religious, you should give up your seat right now. Let them But I'm thrilled to be here in Miami, Florida, to officially launch one of the most important grassroots movements in American history. It's first, Evangelicals for Trump. And, and you know how we did a few years ago, hard to believe, already we're talking about, it's almost three years, but you know how we did. The numbers were phenomenal and the love is greater today, I think, than it has ever been. I'd like to begin 
my remarks today by extending our profound thanks and gratitude to the extraordinary men and women of the United States military. Right? They're by far the best and greatest anywhere in the world. There's nobody close. In recent weeks, American warriors executed a daring raid that killed the savage leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi. He was a depraved butcher who will never again hurt another innocent person. Last night, at my direction, the United States military executed a flawless strike that terminated the terrorist ringleader responsible for gravely wounding and murdering thousands and thousands of people and hundreds and hundreds, at least, of Americans. Qasem Soleimani has been killed and his bloody rampage is now forever gone. He was plotting attacks against Americans, but now we've ensured that his atrocities have been stopped for good. They are stopped for good. Uh, I don't know if you know what was happening, but he was planning a very major attack and we got him. We are a peace-loving nation, and my administration remains firmly committed to establishing peace and harmony among the nations in the world. We do not seek war. We do not seek nation-building. We do not seek regime change. But as president, I will never hesitate to defend the safety of the American people. You. So let this be a warning to terrorists. If you value your own life, you will not threaten the lives of our citizens. Americans have many blessings, but perhaps the greatest among them is the blessing of being protected by the most exceptional and virtuous military on the face of God's earth. This evening, we're delighted to be joined by many incredible faith leaders, including. All right. That was uh, all the president said that he went back into his uh, speech. He had spoken earlier today. He was very, very clear under my leadership. America's policy is unambiguous to terrorists who harm or intend to harm any American. We will find you. We will eliminate you. We will always protect our diplomats, our service members, all Americans and our allies and for years, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, by the way, they're a terrorist organization and its ruthless Quds force under Soleimani's leadership has targeted, injured and murdered hundreds of American civilians and servicemen. As president, my highest and most solemn duty is the defense of our nation and its citizens. And last night at my dis- direction, the U.S. military successfully executed a flawless precision strike that killed the number one terrorist anywhere in the world, Qasem Soleimani. And Soleimani was plotting imminent and sinister attacks on American diplomats and military personnel. But we caught him in the act and we terminated him. That's what presidents are supposed to do. Not what the Benghazi Democrats did on September 11, 2012, or the Mullah bribing appeasement Democrats that tried to bribe the Mullah's love of us with 150 billion in cash and other currency. 
And uh, so the president, well done. American, everything came together. The greatest intelligence community on the face of the earth. How many times did I say that as we now have had to examine the actions of the 1% that abuse their power, that, that turn the powerful tools of intelligence on we, the people, and that had an agenda to, to, to stop the election and then take down a duly elected president. It's only the 99% risk their lives for us every day, just like the FBI, greatest law enforcement agency on the, on the, in the planet. Nobody's better, except for, the, for a few at the top that abuse their power. And we're corrupt. Uh, all right. As promised, uh, Kevin McCarthy coming up at the bottom of this half hour. Let's get to our phones. Uh, Amy is in Colorado. Amy, hi. How are you? Happy New Year. We're glad you called. Happy New Year, Sean. Um, thank you so much for taking my call and many blessings to you in 2020. You too. Uh, many blessings to you. May showers of blessings. Well, thank you. Um, my comment is, this president is so awesome. I'm a military spouse. Um, my husband's been in for 20 plus years. He's a sergeant major. And his the bulk of his career, Sean, has been working to secure um, the regions in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's done multiple tours over there. And it's heartbreaking to see it you know, go back into chaos. And this president, he didn't agree with the war, maybe initially. However, he cares about stability in the region and the men who fought for it enough to maintain that stability rather than give Iran billions to destabilize the region. And that means so much to me as a military spouse. Um, just knowing we have a president that cares that much and knows how important it is. Listen, I, I, I'm going to tell you something. It's very clear based on the comments of the president, the comments of our our special representative, uh, U.S. special representative for Iran, Brian Hook, and and an interview with the BBC. Mike Pompeo will join us on Hannity tonight. It's very clear that what they are telling us is that our intelligence community has been receiving very solid intelligence that Soleimani was planning attacks against our diplomats and American soldiers. It is clear if you just open your eyes that the Iranian influence, had, which has been growing in Iraq significantly, you have two separate, you know, governances now going on. One loyal to Tehran, the same Tehran that is the number one state sponsor of terror, the same Tehran, the same mullahs, the same country that threatens to wipe Israel off the map, that chants death to America, death to Israel, the same people that foment terrorism, fund terrorism, fight proxy wars around the globe. There's a reason now, and it is the real clear present danger of a nuclear-armed Iran that is literally allied Jordan, Egypt, the Saudis, the Emirates, the Israelis, and the United States. That was unthinkable five years ago. That's now that they now recognize this is a real clear present danger to the entire region. And the president acted. Now, does the president want a long protracted war? Nope. Is he going to get involved in a long protracted war? Nope. President has been very clear. And I think what we saw in Syria when he defeated the caliphate will be the paradigm, the model that we could expect should the Iranians be stupid enough 
to try and retaliate. Now, they might. I mean, don't put it past them. But that would give us an opportunity to take out their refineries that will that will further cripple and if not destroy and collapse their economy and the Iranian nuclear sites. We know where they are. We know they're, it, this, this is a difficult military operation. That would be the tough one because a lot of those sites are spread all throughout the country, got a lot of territory to cover, and they're buried, some of them, deep into the ground. Um, but uh, I hate to think of the, a world where Iranian mullahs have nuclear weapons. This is real stuff. Scary. Amy, thank you. Pete, New Jersey, Sean Hannity Show. Happy New Year, sir. Hey, Happy New Year, Sean. Love it, man. Hey, I just wanted to go ahead and let you, let you, you and the, all the listeners know that I am in complete support of the, the President of the United States and this administration for what they did. You got to understand, to all those that are going to go ahead and do harm to any American uh, civilians or any personnel in this world, to any country or any dictatorship or any regimes, please know this, that uh, this administration does not draw two or three lines in the sand. It's one. Only one. And we cannot have a dictatorship in Iran that's going to go ahead and spread terror and bully people around in the region so they can go ahead and walk over to whoever they want into the next country and take them over. And then before you know it, guess what? There was like a cloud over us. And all of a sudden, Israel is bordered. This is what their goal is. I don't understand what these people who try to appease this country and and try to go ahead and go through um, means of peace. We've done it for how many years, right, Sean? And no, and they don't care. They don't want that. They want to annihilate Israel. But first, they want to get rid of us. We're considered the great Satan. So whoever, what they say that they're looking for to these centrifuges for energy, it's a lie. They don't need this type of nuclear um, type of setup in their country. They don't have enough people to do that. So I am in support of this president. And to all those listeners out there, please support this president. Because you know what? This is for humanity. This is for saving this world. Because you go ahead and give this country Iran a nuclear weapon, and then that's going to be World War III. I love you, Sean. God bless. Thank you. Great comments. Pete, New Jersey. Think about this. A nuclear-armed Iran. Can't let it happen. You, you know, the sad thing is, and I always say if Donald Trump cured cancer, Democrats, the mob, and the media would want to impeach him for that. I'm obviously right. You got these idiots, you know, Rosanna Arquette out of Hollywood. Trump is a war criminal and people are going to die. Well, they were about to die and we just stopped it. We're not the big Trump's not the Benghazi Democrats. He's not the Mueller bribing appeasement Democrats. What idiot would give 150 billion to Iranian Mullahs? You know, and, you know, Alec Baldwin, start a war to eclipse an impeachment. You know, the conspiracy theories or Omar saying the same thing. This is what Putin wants, John, whatever his name is, Michael Moore. Uh, do you know this man? He's talking about Soleimani. Do you know this man? Do you know he was your enemy? Did you know that? By the end of today, you'll be trained to hate him. You'll be glad Trump had him assassinated. You will be you will do as you are told. Get ready to send your sons and daughters off to war. I don't think that's how he's going to do it. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren, love these. Soleimani was a murderer responsible for the death of thousands, including hundreds of Americans. But this reckless move escalates the situation with Iran. Well, what were we going to do? Why is the leader of of the, the Quds forces of Iran doing it Baghdad's airport? You know, 
you know, sleepy, creepy Uncle Joe responsible for bribing the mullahs in Iran. Imagine 150 billion in, in cash and other currencies. He says the president just tossed a stick of dynamite into a tinderbox. We're supposed to let him orchestrate the attacks on America uh, within Baghdad. Are you out of your mind? Anyway, got to take a break here. Quick reminder, we'll put it up on our website. Ali North has some book signings. This new book is phenomenal. It's really good. It's called The Rifleman. We'll put it up on Hannity.com. Sunday, 1045 to 12 p.m. Uh, we'll give you the address and everything on the 5th. Quick break, right back. And Kevin McCarthy coming up straight ahead. All right, time for another quick call. And Kevin McCarthy, after the news at the bottom of the hour, uh, let us say hi to Bill is in New York. By the way, the state that lost more population than any other state in the country. Now, why would that be? Why would why would people be leaving New York <coughs> taxes, uh, regulation, uh, confiscatory, well, basic legalized stealing? What's going on, Bill? How are you? Hey, Sean, I want to be quick. I know you're in a hurry, but uh, I think that raid was a great thing. And what I want to do is I want to ask um, Mr. Schumer, Mr. Schiff, Mr. Nadler, uh, Mr. Shalou, I mean, Mr. Um, What's his name there? You know who I'm All talking of them. about. The Bengal- All of hey, them. Here it is. The Benghazi Democratic Party, the Mueller bribing right. appeasement Democrats. Them. Who do they think was next on the hit list if this guy didn't get taken out? What do they think his ultimate goal was? You see, you're, the problem with you, Bill, is you're actually thinking rationally. You are using your intellect, your reason, your common sense that God gave you. And guess what? They can't even acknowledge. You'd think that when an embassy is attacked, that everybody would be on board stopping them. When the head of the Quds forces from the number one state sponsor of terror is lit on Baghdadi airport property, taking them out's a good thing. Put out a statement a short time ago that says the decision to eliminate General Soleimani was in response to imminent threats to American lives. What was the nature of those imminent threats? John, I can't too, talk too much about the nature of the threats, but the American people should know that President Trump's decision to remove Qasem Soleimani from the battlefield saved American lives. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he was actively plotting in the region to take actions, a big action, as he described it, that would have put dozens, if not hundreds, of American lives at risk. Uh, we know it was imminent. This was an intelligence-based uh, assessment uh, that drove our decision-making process. Uh, the American people also know the history of Qasem Soleimani, uh, hundreds of American lives on his hands, too. He was involved in the Beirut bombings. Uh, he'd, he'd orchestrated an attack right here in Washington, D.C. It ultimately mm-hmm. failed. Uh, this is a man who's put an American lives at risk for an awfully long time. And last night was the time that we needed to strike to make sure that this imminent attack that he was working actively uh, was disrupted. All right. That was uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo uh, responding to the death of Soleimani. And this is such a big deal. And the reaction of the left and the media and the mob is and the Democrats so predictable. Um, But this is the opposite of what happened in Benghazi, as we've been discussing today. Uh, Joining us now, the Republican leader of the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, is with us. Uh, Congressman, you happened to be with the president a lot yesterday. Uh, Can you walk us through what you saw, what you heard, what you know, and then we'll get into the politics of it all. 
Well, well, thank you, Sean. And one thing everybody needs to know, this was a terrorist that had killed Americans. This is not a time to play politics. The world is safer because this man is no longer there. And think of the contrast here. Whereas this president, President Trump, is removing terrorists while the Democrats are trying to remove the president from office. This is a time that we should be uniting. He was, make, he was planning. You watched where he was traveling, who he was talking to. You watch what they had escalated. They went in and they killed an American. And I've got to give the president a great deal amount of credit because he did not overplay his hand. Remember when they shot down our unmanned drone? Many of us wanted to go send cruise missiles in there. He said no. But when he made a very strong red line, if you kill an American, you will have to answer for it. So they shot back when they killed an American. They went in and then they escalated, went into our embassy. And the president was very clear that he would hold them accountable for what they had done and what they were planning to do in the future. When we look back in history, we, we will have saved lives because what our men and women did last night for us. Now, when I got down to Mar-a-Lago, I was just I was going to have dinner with the president. We we're going to meet before dinner and others. And when we when I went into the meeting, that's when it first started breaking, where there was a couple phone calls where we had to go up and uh, I'm part of the gang of eight. Um, get some assessments and others. But um, I will tell you, what amazes me so much about this president is what he's able to continue to do while the Democrats continue to play politics. He's got his focus on this country, keeping us safe. Um, it, it is amazing that he's able to do that with such a clear thought and process behind what he's doing. What did you see or what can you share with us that you saw in terms of the entire process and the night unfolding? Because you were with the president the whole time. Well, you get reports, a lot of them by phone. What's amazing in, in social media today, um, you can look with on Twitter, on reports, even inside uh, Iraq itself, where you watched on Twitter, where you could see the photo of the uh, ring uh, that Salamali wears, and then you watched after after the bomb hit, you saw his hand with the ring on it to confirm, uh, and the reaction. I mean, the precision and what what has to be known here to this individual was such a severe terrorist. I, I would rate him as one of the top five most dangerous people in the world. But to those other four, the president also sent a very clear message, um, and the world is safer because of it. You know, I, I, I watch with amazement, at, you know, the very exact same people that had no problem with the United States making the worst deal ever in foreign policy deal. You know, maybe the equivalent of, you know, peace in our time that somehow one hundred and fifty billion dollars in cash and other currency dropped in cargo planes, dropping down in Iran for the mullahs of Iran so they can continue funding terrorism as the, the world's leading sponsor of terror and their proxy wars, which they have done. And Soleimani is responsible for killing directly Americans, hundreds of them in Iraq and injuring many others. And I'm, I'm watching this. And I've often said if Donald Trump cured cancer, they would impeach him for curing cancer. So here you have, you know, this guy is on the ground. We all watched. We we're all witnessing what was going on at the embassy. I don't think anybody was comfortable watching that. We all had, you know, images and recollections in our minds of how people dealt with 
Benghazi and what a disaster that was uh, that turned out to be. And I'm thinking the very people that will give one hundred and fifty billion to radical Islamists that chant death to America, death to Israel, the very same people that defended the non-action in Benghazi uh, now are going to offer advice and lecture Donald Trump, who responded forcefully, decisively in record time. Exactly. And if we had that action in the past, think about this, the Ben Rhodes and, and what in his administration with Obama. What a did dope. He consult? Yeah. Did he consult with Congress when he did it, went to Iran? Was it a treaty? No, he couldn't even bring it before us because it couldn't pass. And then secondly, when he delivered those billions of dollars, he lied to Congress, didn't even tell him and delivered the money. And now and what did that get us? All that did was make the world less safe. That funded the missiles that go down to Yemen, Hezbollah, and others. And who was the mindset behind that? The individual who's no longer living today. So this individual that we just took out, everyone will tell you killed hundreds of Americans. People should rally behind this president and doing what was right. And we know by his past behavior and with the intel what we had of what he was planning in the future, where he was going and what he was trying to do in the very near future, we just protected ourselves. I mean, is, does anybody ask the question, your fellow colleagues in the in the House uh, that are now critical of the president for taking out one of the biggest terrorists on the ground and, and obviously orchestrating the attacks on our embassy and they have funded Hezbollah from the get go. And and basically it's an Iranian funded terrorist group. Have any of your, your colleagues that have been critical here, uh, weren't some of them also critical that, ah, you know, the president's being embarrassed by the leaders of Iran? Um, where yeah. are they? You know, I mean, they can't they want to have it both ways to me. They just want to criticize this president instead of putting this country first. Think for a moment why this president took this action. They've been for the last year. Remember USS Cole. Remember the downing of our drone. Remember the bombing in Saudi Arabia. Remember the tankers. They have been trying to push us into a war, what they were planning. Remember that they just went in and killed an American just in the last month. We reacted. And what did they do? They escalated and came into the embassy in the green zone. They burnt one of the buildings inside the embassy, the entrance there. The president told them, if you kill an American, we will hold you accountable. When they came into our embassy and everybody knows who's behind it, this individual that we just killed, but more importantly, where did he come from and what was he planning in the future? This is making sure we don't have a 9-11. This is using our intel committee, our, our community, to go out and find what is happening before it happens. And, and really, when you sit back and think about this, what did this president just stop? How did he keep us safer by making that bold action? And I, I've watched this president. I watched him in the time when they shot down our drone, that he were going to go in and send missiles in. And he said, no, no American died. I want to work with him. He has tried. But this has gone on too far. And I think this decision this president made has made us safer. And nobody should be criticizing. They Listen, should be supporting him. I, you know, obviously the sanctions, all the, the saber rattling that's been going on, taking ships, tankers hostage in the, in the Straits of Hormuz, uh, shooting down a drone, uh, obviously the attack on Saudi Arabia, uh, clearly, the Iranians are saber rattling. They've wanted this attention. Now they've got it. They're now pledging that they're going to retaliate. Now, I would imagine if they retaliate and they kill Americans that 
probably number one on the target list has got to be the refineries. There are three major ones in Iran that we're aware of. Their nuclear sites certainly would be good targets as well, uh, which Prime Minister Netanyahu has been warning for a long time. We better get those taken out before they have nuclear capability. And I just got to imagine that if 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 they want to go there, they're going to lose. And it's not going to be a boots on the ground scenario, as some of your colleagues are suggesting, because the president's clear that's that's not the way he wants to engage in conflict. Well, the president is very clear. He would like to de-escalate. He only reacted based upon what they were planning and what they had done. Remember, th- this is because an American was killed and they came after our embassy and who planned it and what he was planning to do in the future. If Iran wants to try to do something more, I think last night would be a very eye-opening to them that at any place, at any time, our men and women are so well-trained, they can find you anywhere and they will defend Americans anywhere. My mindset on Future conflicts and future wars evolved dramatically, especially in light of what, 58,000 Americans killed in Vietnam. The war becomes politicized in the D.C. swamp. Uh, and then we kind of say, never mind. The same thing with Iraq and Afghanistan. Everyone's gung ho. You know, we got to do this. They have a war authorization. Then it becomes politicized. And all these kids banging on doors in Iraq. We, we can't fight wars Congressman, this way ever again. And what I want to see, and we saw this work at the caliphate in Syria that it was defeated once we unleashed our military power and got rid of the Obama rules of engagement. But I think the single most important thing we can do is the is develop the next generation of weaponry, both offensive and defensive. So we never have to send our kids door to door in any of these countries. You're correct. And every person who served in the military would tell you that exact same thing. And that's what this president is doing by rebuilding our military. So it protects our men and women. The other thing that happened when you named all those different wars and battles, what if you were able to stop one? What if you knew about information of somebody planning a big attack when you watch the past behavior of trying to get us into a war? What if you were able to take that individual out before any of that took place? The world would not know what, how terrible things would have happened, but you would have known simply from the fact that you kept America a little safer based upon what went last night. And how much safer would we have been and how many more Americans would have been alive if this individual would have been taken out a long time ago when All he right, was quick, first get, killing Americans? Get great point. We'll take a quick break. We'll, break. we'll get your thoughts on Pelosi's insanity when we get back uh, as we continue with Republican leader Kevin McCarthy, California, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, uh, we are back tonight. Hannity special edition. And yes, I'll be back in the chair. Nine Eastern with, let's see, Mike Pompeo, the greatest lineup you could ever want. Uh, on the Fox News Channel. Quick break, right back. We'll continue only 305 days until you get to decide who leads this country down the road. Straight ahead. All right, as we continue, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy is with us. So explain to me the thinking of, all right, we have these two very weak articles of impeachment that the House Democrats, they they were hell-bent on doing. There's only one fact witness Now, Pelosi's holding the articles. Now, we're very clear in the Constitution. You impeach in the House. The Senate holds the trial. But she's not going to hand it over to the Senate till whenever she decides that the Senate bows to her command and does it her way. And she basically wants a do over. 
your thoughts on how this is going to unfold. Well, I think at the end of the day, she's going to have to send it. But one thing I will tell you, for Schumer now to claim he wants to have witnesses, that he wants to bring Bolton in, when the House Democrats, as you know, Sean, because you carried it so well, they had all control. They didn't let the minority bring witnesses. They never even asked or tried to get Bolton. The idea that if you look back at what Schumer said during the Clinton impeachment, he wanted to dismiss before it even got to the Senate, before it was even heard. They know that they have failed at this. They know where it's going to end up. And I think the same thing's going to happen in the Senate that happened in the House. The only bipartisan vote here is going to, to vote down impeachment because this president has done nothing wrong. But again, look at the contrast. This can, can the Senate removed, just dismiss it if she refuses to hand them over? I, I believe the Senate can. If she continues to go along this route, it is going against what the Constitution says. I believe the Senate could bring up by a 51 vote, bring it up and then vote it down if she does not want to send it. Amazing times we're living in. Uh, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy, uh, Congressman, I know it's a busy day, a travel day for you. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. All right. Eight hundred nine. Well, I don't really have time for calls. Um, we're loaded up tonight. We got a great Hannity, nine Eastern on the on the Fox News channel. And, you know, look, I just couldn't stay away. I was supposed to be out till Monday. We've got all the political angles. We got Colonel North, Mike Pompeo, Lindsey Graham, Carl Rove, Sean Spicer on the media losing their minds. Uh, and Pete Hegseth. It's all happening. Nine Eastern, set your DVR. We'll see you tonight on Fox and we will be back here on Monday. Have a great weekend. We'll see you then.